In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm your not host, Evan. That was an awkwardly long pause. I was trying to think of something <laughs> funny, and nothing came to me. I'm well, a I'm a man in a hawk mask, Ronnie. Are you really in a hawk mask right now? Yep, and I'm watching the entire castle from a bird's eye view and totally not some camera person who's just wandering around the castle. And that mysterious voice is our guest. Guest, say <laughs> hi. Hello, I'm your very, very special guest, Sam, for tonight. Hi, everyone. Sam is mine and Evan's friend from uh, Night Realms LARP, and he is the person who introduced me to the Quest Army. Yes, indeed I am. Because we bonded over the quest when we met. Uh, we the bonded, quest. Uh, Andy, we bonded because we're nerds in general. I mean, the quest was certainly yeah. part of it, but... <laughs> it was There's, like, you're queer, I'm queer, we're both nerds, let's talk about the quest. It's, it's, it's over, like, friendship official. So before we get into episodes 4, 5, and 6 of the quest, which we're covering in tonight's episode, I have a question for everyone. I have an answer. I might have an answer. Yeah, I guess I was kind of cocky about that, wasn't I? You certainly were. What is your question, Andy? In an interview I saw with Travis McElroy, he asked people, <sighs> what is the largest animal they think they could beat up, and what is the smallest animal that could beat them up? And I want to give it a little bit of a The Quest spin and say, what is the largest, like, D&D monster or LARP monster you could beat up? And what is the smallest one that could beat you up? I'm better at this with real Ooh. animals. No, you got to do monsters. Uh... Generic <laughs> Is this, like, me, like, Ronnie as a person? This or is like you, Ronnie, Ronald, the D&D as character? a person. Okay. No, this is Ronald as a person. I mean, what do I have to do to this giant fantasy animal? Do I have to just like pin it like wrestling style, or do I have to no, kill you this animal? Just beat it up. You don't have to kill it, Jesus. Gladiator Look, style. You gotta make it. You gotta make it tap out or knock mm. it out. Yeah, knock it out. I mean, I feel like a triceratops. Like, whoa, that's a real life creature. They're in D and D, but it's it's definitely in the monster manual. Um, okay. And it's it's docile and herbivore, and I would totally take advantage of that of that <laughs> little punk, of that wow, big that's, punk. That's bold. Okay, what's the smallest yeah. one that could take you, Ronnie? I mean, there's no like small creature in on Earth or in fantasy that I'm not actually afraid of. Um, <laughs> I, you guys remember the mouse that I had She's in my apartment funny. that like took me 30 minutes to get out of my apartment once I had it in a box. Just like a like, giant, a giant rat. It, no, it was real tiny, but it was too big for me to. I was, it was gonna bite me, and I was gonna cry. Um, the smallest <laughs> that could beat me up, like, um, uh, yeah, uh, like a, a a mouse, but like in fantasy, it's a mouse with like a hat and a mustache, I guess. Oh man, <laughs> like cheap from Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that could, oh my goodness! That's not even a fight. That's not even like that. That would that would tear me to shreds. It's over. Like goodbye, Robin. I'm sure there's some kind of terrible fantasy bug with terrible fantasy poison that could take me out. So <laughs> that's true. The biggest real animal that I could take is definitely ocean <laughs> sunfish. Oh God! 
Yeah. Purple things massive? Wait a second. Yeah, they weigh like 2,000 pounds, but they're they're basically like non-sentient. <laughs> Is that the one that basically floats through the ocean being a useless flab of meat? Yeah. yeah. Uh, gotcha. All right, I understand. Then- for, for me, I think I could take a centaur. I think I could Whoa. beat the shit out of a centaur. Oh. I think a centaur would trample you to death. No, I would <laughs> fuck up its knees. I would take it out at the knees. Like, we'd be in a bar, and I'd spill my drink on him, and be like, oh, sports. And I'd be like, fuck you, horse man. And I'd hit him with a stool Can someone in the please knees. set up this encounter right now? Like, let's get our stats ready, please. <laughs> I have a very high charisma and very low everything else. But I still feel like I could take a centaur if I got one good hit on its knees. That's that's admirable. Um, I, I respect that. Fuck horse that. people. They look down on us. I'm well, very quite literally, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, their torsos are up real high. <laughs> the, I would jump and punch him right in his dumb chin. Wow! I please, I commend you for this, and I encourage your dreams. Dream big, Andy. I'm um, excited for the fan art of Andy jumping in the air and punching oh, a centaur in the chin. I will draw this. Please turn just... him into glue. I'm okay with this. The smallest thing that could take me from D and D, I'm going to say, is a mimic. Because I'm real, I'm real clumsy already, and if I like, I'm not very observant either. So if I was like <laughs> going to get coffee, and then my mug like all of a sudden had a mouth and was trying to bite me, I would definitely trip and I'd be done. I absolutely agree with you there. Mimics would, yeah. mimics are I'd, high on my list of things to completely avoid. I'd get wrecked by a mimic. <laughs> um, Sam, what about you? Biggest and then smallest. See, I'm, I practically live as a bard. Like, I will tell you right out now, I go to the gym and everything, but by no means am I, like, some sort of warrior class. I, I know my strengths and my weaknesses pretty well. I think, I think the biggest I could feasibly take on, or at least with my own confidence, is a kobold. Um, simply because they're low intelligence, little shitty lizard people, and I absolutely could punt one across the soccer field. I have full confidence in that. I think um, you could punt a kobold across the soccer field, yeah. I see that. <laughs> I would really like to see that, to be honest, but I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. And then, I'm, I've just played D&D for 10 hours last night as well, so like, I feel like I should know more monsters than this, but really, any any many-legged insect. Like, I remember there being... Uh, this one's very large, but there is a, like a large version of a, uh, of a centipede or a millipede in D&D, and that... I would run screaming in the opposite direction. They're my weakness. Anything with more than eight legs and I'm done. So it, even in and out of D&D universes. I mean, eight's a pretty high threshold. So yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm proud of myself so far. But yeah, those are Also, my don't they have like bottom. super hot scales in D&D? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. believe there's ones that use lightning. I believe that there are ones that use fire and stuff like Fuck that. Fuck those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're my nightmare. <laughs> but yeah, so... All right, so let's talk about the quest, I guess. Let's Finally. talk about the quest. <laughs> Before we get into that, oh. actually, I just want to make a quick disclaimer. We had someone ask us about our format and uh, why we cover the show the way we do. And I think there's three types of people that listen to Ending Pending. One is people who are not planning on ever watching the show, but they just enjoy us, which, you know, cool. <laughs> Two is people who 
uh, watched the show a long time ago and enjoyed it and are like enjoying hearing the recap and engaging with us. And then three is people who are currently watching along with us. But if you're like us, you watched it like a week ago and are listening to the podcast now. So that's kind of why we go in depth with everything is that we just kind of assume that people maybe haven't uh, watched the show recently since most of these shows we cover were canceled a while ago. So there are spoilers in Ending Pending. If you haven't yet watched episodes four, five, and six, uh, go watch it. It's on ABC? Yep. It's on ABC.com. Go watch it. It's great. But we're going we're gonna to spoil this shit out of it now. Yeah, Woo-hoo. this is an awkward time to drop a spoiler warning when we're like 30 episodes into the show that we do every week. <laughs> well, we, we, right. we explained why we did the format in like episode one. Yeah. So that was a while ago. Yeah. I get why people who have recently joined us are like, I wonder why they spoil stuff. All right. Anyway, uh, episode four is called Battle Dome. And oh. it kind of, kind of is what you think it is. Uh, all right. So intro. Set the scene. Uh, paladins are hanging around helping with chores and stuff. And suddenly, like, they're under attack. Someone's coming. Ah! <laughs> and uh, Sir Ansgar's like, you got to put the armor on. You got to get the weapons. And they're panicking and they're running. And they do a really shitty job putting on their armor and getting their weapons. And it's all on backwards. And their helmets look like crap. And uh, so Ansgar's like, this was a drill. You all suck. <laughs> and uh, then to train, they have to uh, pair off. And spar with each other, and then as a test of their training, they have to compete in Battle Dome. Woo! Cue audience cheering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, a little twist to this was they were asked to pick teams of three, and um, instead of working together in teams of three, they had to fight the other two people that they picked. So, a bit of a switcheroo there. They They picked... You know, strong contenders thinking, ah, yes, this will be a strong team. And then they had to fight the people they picked. So, yeah, yeah, so they uh, put them in this uh, arena with three intersecting balance beams and then a slender, like, ring of walkable surface around the the very, very edge. And they had to, like, knock each other off of the balance beams into the hay. And the last person standing won. Um, Pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, it was a rad challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Letitia uh, won, which was awesome. I remember Letitia won. That was and then, wonderful. Yes, yes. Adria, uh, Paladin Adria, was the one who uh, tripped and fell backwards into the hay, and that's how she lost that challenge. Yep, that was embarrassing. That was rough. Uh, felt bad for her. It was Bonnie, Paladin Adria, and... Jasmine, mm-hmm. okay. yes. Um, yeah, Jasmine, if I remember correctly, was pitted up against... Uh, Andrew and Shondo. <laughs> Which yeah. is rough. Yeah, that's... It certainly makes it a little bit difficult, uh, just considering physical stature. But, yeah. But yeah. So, anyway... Those the, are two big dudes. Real, real big. So, those three went to the Fates. The Fates challenge was they got skulls lobbed at them and had to swipe the skulls out of the air with a sword. Um, Which was awesome. I can only dream of doing that someday. Not to get yeah. eliminated, of course, but... It was another really cool challenge. Mm-hmm. That yeah, that straightforward, easy to explain, cool, good <laughs> challenge. And um, unfortunately, Jasmine got eliminated in in this fates challenge. Boo! Boo! Sad boys. In episode five, which is entitled 
Under Siege. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's an ogre at the gates. It's big and scary. The makeup's great. Troll, um, trolls in the, the dungeon. Paladins. Trolls. <laughs> uh, so yeah, all the paladins have to assemble one of those big crossbow thingies, which is called a scorpion. Scorpion, and, yes. And um, th- they get all these parts, and they have to carry them up onto the ramparts to hopefully shoot this thing. And they're doing a really, really crappy job. And Sir Ansgar <laughs> runs down there and just like destroys this fucking ogre with his warhammer and gets thrown around and gets all sweaty and is having a like you can tell he's having a fucking great time. He's just like <laughs> losing his mind. Um and yeah, so like the paladins just do such a shitty job that they never get the scorpion put together. But Sir <laughs> Ansgar like had so much fun fighting the ogre that he's not even mad about it, let's be honest. I I really imagine that the paladins were supposed to be able to assemble that scorpion and shoot it at the ogre, and the actor playing Ansgar is, like, looking at the producers, like, do you want me to keep fighting this thing? And they're like, yeah, keep fighting, they're gonna get it, they're gonna get it soon. And he's like, okay, like, getting the shit beat out of him and, like, just wailing on this poor extra <laughs> ogre like, yeah. suit. At and some point, the ogre was just like, fuck it. <laughs> finally, the producers were like, they're never going to get it, Ansgar. Just, just just, drop it. Just kill the thing. <laughs> but hey, he looked so good doing it. Oh, it was oh, amazing. It was, it was great. I think it was better that way than had they assembled the scorpion. Yeah. They all like were so embarrassed. The best and- part is before Ansgar goes to fight the ogre. He asks the paladins, like, you have it ready? And they're, like, sweating, yeah, like Han Solo, it. like, we're talking we're on the Death Star radio, like, yeah, I, I, we're fine, we're all fine, it, go get it. <laughs> <laughs> Ansgar's like, all right, just be quick. <laughs> nope, ten minutes later, it's fine. They're like, yeah, we almost got it, Ansgar, just hang in there, bud. Listen, though, I, I noticed during that part of the episode specifically that... At some point, every single one of the paladins had paused to look over and watch Ansgar fight. And honestly, I don't blame them. And I fully blame that on the reason why they were completely <laughs> distracted to build a scorpion. Yeah. I would not be able to do two plus two if uh, Ansgar was uh, in front of me. I'd be like, uh... The actual challenge is that they have to, like, practice barricading shit and then practice knocking shit down. It's a, like, siege warfare challenge because like they could be under siege so um they split into two teams and first they get a set amount of time to barricade a door and they get all these random things like barrels and uh crates wagon pieces yeah Yeah. uh sacks of dirt and stuff logs and Mm -hmm. so they have to they have to strategically barricade the door and then they have to get a battering ram and try to knock each other's doors down and plant a flag inside the the door. Who are the teams? Lena, Shondo, um, Andrew, Andrew, and, and Leticia, and Leticia, Leticia, Leticia. I, I may be mispronouncing <laughs> her name. That's I may be as well. And then, yeah, and then the other team is Christian, Bonnie, Adria, and Patrick. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um. Lena's team, like, blows it out of the water, absolutely, like, builds a way better barricade, and then also uh, smashes the the other team's door, like, 
in pretty short order. I mean, like, mm-hmm. they, they go hard at it for a while, but, like, they clearly, like, got through it while the other team was not even close. Mm-hmm. And um, so all four members of the losing team actually went to the Fates Challenge this time, which had never happened before. And what a Fates Challenge. Oh, my God. It's a bizarre Fates Challenge. There's an obstacle course... And each of them are locked in a large metal cage with only their, like, feet sticking out, basically. And they have to, like, navigate themselves through this obstacle course, through the woods, in the dark, with a cage around their bodies. Mm -hmm. It was some saw shit. Yeah, it was really bizarre and extremely difficult and extremely biased towards the burly folk so unsurprisingly uh patrick won easily no problem and um uh christian and adria uh finished and then bonnie was like way behind and she like fell and like hurt herself and thought she had hurt herself worse than she did she like rolled the cage on Mm -hmm. her hand or something yeah and like everybody ran out into the woods and like patrick like picked up the cage and he like fucking threw it like the hulk into the woods it It was amazing well Um, not amazing because bonnie was uh, unfortunately super upset about the whole thing but i mean she yeah she was but uh like patrick's patrick's big bro like he's not literally her brother but his like (laughs) big bro instincts kicked in in like it was one of those like lifting a car off a baby situations where he was just yep. like and like cage hurt friend Patrick <laughs> hurt cage absolutely <laughs> Christian then got eliminated in the in the vote and then episode six is called a traitor in sanctum Ooh. and this uh, sickly ass like horrifying looking uh, <laughs> alleged human being. Found, <laughs> he's found creeping around creeping around the castle and he's got some of these like glowy uh bombs called fi- fire orbs yes and um they're like oh my god he hid them in the castle we have to find them and then they sent the paladins to bed like yeah there's bombs in the castle <laughs> but sleeping yeah just deal um, with it it's fine <laughs> so uh the the next day their their challenge was to find the fire orbs and they had this apparatus they put on their heads that was a bird's eye view of the castle and it would kind of zoom past the general area where the orbs were hidden and then they had to like run to the spot and try and find it and there were four so the three that didn't find any went to the fates and that was in this case um Letitia um Adria and Andrew. Andrew. Yep. And um, they have to do this like puzzle challenge where they arrange these swords of varying heights with rings on their hilts to like pass a beam of light through. And it looks real challenging. And to my uh, surprise, not to like knock Andrew, but Andrew's a real physical guy and he has a hard time focusing. And to my surprise, he really stepped up his game and he, like, went at that with with some intense focus and he won that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, Adria was eliminated. Oh, which was a shame. I love yeah. Adria. It was yeah. heartbreaking. She mm-hmm. was a great paladin. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so Ronnie. Yeah. I got a question for you. Hit me with that question. Are episodes four, five, and six of The Quest working? Yes. Yes, they are. Um, episode five in particular, um, was probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Episode four was kind of a slog. I wasn't crazy about it, but episodes five and six, five because it was just a great episode and six because we finally seemed like we were getting towards like the plot. Like, you know, we're, we're getting, getting to that good, good ending. Um, they were definitely working for me. Uh, Sam. Yes, indeed. Are episodes four, five, and six of the quest working? Absolutely. Um, Finally, uh, uh, sort of like Ronnie said, having gotten through those first three beginner, hey, this is uh, what this is, this is how we're doing it uh, episodes, uh, especially now because it's not so much because we've eliminated uh, some of the less worthy paladins, but more because we're growing more attached to the paladins that are still here. I definitely think that while these episodes do get harder to watch, uh, simply because seeing them all put in danger and watching them get eliminated is definitely hard. Uh, seeing them triumph and overcome their fears and their weaknesses is just so much better. And like Ronnie said, five is probably one of my favorite episodes. Good shit, good shit. Hey, Evan. Yes, Andy. Are episodes four, five, and six of ABC's The Quest working? Yeah, they're working real hard. They're, they're, they're getting it did. Um, I agree with Sam completely. We're really getting to know the paladins at this point. We're really getting attached to, not that we didn't like the, the first three who were eliminated, obviously, but it feels like we've really spent time with the remaining ones. Like we're really, we're getting to understand like how they work together and what kind of group dynamic they have and everything. Hey, Andy. Hey, Evan. Were these three episodes uh, working for you? You know what? I think they were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really felt like these challenges were well done and were clever and interesting. Um, I, I feel like they were like, well, we got some battering rams. Let's make a challenge about battering rams. And like, <laughs> that was a dope challenge. And they were like, we got to fight pit like let's just throw them in there and see what happens and i liked the the drone and the use of the hawk masks uh that was a clever like use of technology and like lore and it was kind of silly but like the show is kind of silly and that's fine by me and it really felt like the stakes were raised it really felt like at times that the paladins were really in danger and um that's that's exciting. I really like that. So yes, episodes four, five, and six of the quest are working, and uh, I'm loving this show. It's a good show. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a shit. great show. Holy let's uh, let's let's talk about though first. I don't want to get you know too positive. <laughs> let's talk about some of the things that are maybe not working all that much. Um, Sam. Yes, indeed, Ronnie. What what about this? Uh, these three episodes of the quest it didn't work for you. I think, honestly, I I'm so positive about this show. I tend to overlook some of the problems. I think at this point, 
because they're starting to interact so much more with the NPCs and stuff like that, that they're trying to include more coverage and lore and interactions and things like that. Um, I think that this isn't even a problem with the Paladins or anything, but I think that some of the interactions with Sir Ansgar and maybe some of the other actors are starting to stutter a little bit, um, especially because we see the softer side of him now. Uh, it's... I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. I think that the improvisation of some of the moments could have been a little bit better, um, just because when the actor seems to halt and pause and have to think about things, then it sort of takes me out of the immersion uh, to see that he's having trouble thinking of it, um, especially Ansgar in certain moments. Um, I think that's my biggest complaint about what's not working. I'd almost put that on editing, though, too, and, like, not mm -hmm. on the actor, because, like, with talking to Paladin Jim and hearing how, how much these actors had to improv and, like, keep all this lore straight, I, like, I see what you're saying, Sam, and I mm -hmm. totally agree that, like, those kind of, like, awkward pauses in conversation are rough, mm -hmm. that uh, if they had an editor as talented as Ronnie, oh. they might have been able to oh. find Golf it. clap, golf clap. Uh, Andy. Yeah. What about these uh, three episodes just didn't work for you? That's tough because they were so good. They were so good. Um, I, I'd, I'd say that, like, I wish they were longer, which isn't, like, an actual <laughs> complaint. But, like, I, I, I love seeing the paladins interact with the NPCs, and I love the challenges and, like, Oh man, it's just so good. Like I want to see more of this world in this show. So they should be longer. I put it on HBO and give them like a full hour for each episode. Oh please. Um, and I'd say that uh, when we see the paladins doing like fight choreography, some of them are like really strong with it, and it looks really clean and really good. And some of them are still really struggling a bit. And uh, I, I almost wish that they, you know, they clearly got some stage training. I just wish that they had maybe shot it in such a way that it looked cleaner or that um, maybe the Paladins had gotten some more time training uh, because a few of them, it, it, they're, they're a bit awkward with the, the sword still. Well, Andy, not everyone can afford to go to LARP once a month and swing swords at people and look badass while doing it. <laughs> well, that's the only thing well, I've got to say I'm, about that. That's what I'm saying. I just wish that the camera work had been done in such a way that, like, even if they're not good, they just look better. Mm -hmm. Or that uh, they had gotten some more time uh, with the, like, sword training. Because um, if you're going to have, like, three clips in each episode of them like sword fighting the ones that don't look so good kind of stand out i did a uh, wikipedia something peter windhofer who plays sir ansgar as My i suspected is austrian and english is not his first language so oh. he was trying to improv in his second language with like cameras it so like about yeah. fantasy things yeah That's about pretty impressive. stuff that he had to memorize ahead of time 
Dude, that's it. Okay, that's pretty impressive. I knew he was off screen, yeah. actually. I follow him on Instagram because of the creeper, but. I could tell that he had some kind of accent and was trying hard to mask it with shouting, but. <laughs> any, any of our negatives for this show, guys, are only because, like, even the best show could improve on some things, one. Mm-hmm. And two, if. We, I think we realize this with Kings. If all we ever say is how great the show is, it's maybe not the most interesting podcast. Yeah. So take every negative we say with like mercy and grace. We love this show to pieces. You don't have to defend us. Let me shit on it next. Okay, shit on <laughs> it. Go ahead, Evan. Do your shit. Um, so the, the Traitor in Sanctum episode with that guy, Hera was his name. His makeup was, like, real over the top, I feel like. Like, if, uh, I mean, I know they had to code to the audience and also to the paladins in that, like, scene. Like, they had to code that he was evil, but, like, they really went over the top. I feel like uh, Verlux did not do a very good job of selecting uh, a guy (laughs) to infiltrate the castle when your guy (laughs) looks like he's been soaked in brine and, like... Just left there for about three years. Like, he was greenish and greasy, and he had this strange, like, he had a, a lot of, like, fabric all, like, wrapped around him, so he was very strange and bulky looking. I love his voice, but yeah, maybe not the <laughs> best spy. It's a, it's a little bit conspicuous. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he is not a, an ordinary looking fellow. <laughs> Definitely not. It, it's, it's not quite as bad as like seeing Darth Maul and being like, oh, I bet that guy's a good guy. But like, it's not far behind <laughs> that. He looks like Toad from the X-Men. <laughs> yeah. Also very, played by Ray Parks. Very sweaty. And... Yeah. Yeah, just, just moist. He looks moist and it's <laughs> alarming. <laughs> yeah. 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 No wonder he turned to evil. He's so wet. He's just uncomfortable. <laughs> Gotta be unhappy at some point with that. In terms of setting up the the challenges, I do feel like a disproportionate number of them are physical challenges, which I know this is a sort of war game fantasy based reality show, uh, but a lot of nerds, like the sort of people who would try out for this show, are not necessarily the most physical people in the world. And I feel like they should have uh, included some more, like, the finding the orbs thing was good, because it required a certain level of physicality, but it also required strategy, and it also required, like, attention to detail. Um, so that was, yeah, that was a good, that was a good example, but um, I do feel like just throughout the show thus far, a lot of, a lot of the challenges have been very physical and very reliant on, like, physical strength. So... That that I would have changed. Yeah, like that that cage challenge, like very much. No one was gonna beat Patrick at it. No, Christian maybe, but then Patrick shoved him down. Well, Um, I mean, and like like Bonnie just didn't stand a chance in that. mm -hmm. Like, and I guess they don't know who's gonna end up in the Fates challenge when they pick it. Like, they don't they don't know if it's gonna be like which paladin. But yeah, that one was just like brutal to watch i i actually agree with that um pretty pretty well i think uh even the face challenge uh in the later episode when they had to uh uh, uh 
when they had to line up the edges of the swords uh, so that the light shone through, that one was more in the flavor of what I assumed most of their fates challenges would be because, yes, physicality is important, uh, and I it, it is a paladin boot camp. They're supposed to be put through some pretty heavy struggles, but that, I totally agree, was so heavily weighted towards the more physically fit or physically adept of the group. It was kind of dis- it was kind of disheartening to see, especially watching the people that we love but are less physically adept struggle so much with it. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Was there anything in these episodes that wasn't working for you? There was a bit. Who was talking about the uh, Hera? That was, that was me. Evan. Evan. Yeah, it was. It was so. Uh, Hera, more like hair because oh, his hair was so bad. Come on. I'll accept this one, Ronnie. The negative portion was the, uh, was the pun itself, was my joke. It was the <laughs> negative. Um, he had it had a very like Billy from Hocus Pocus vibe going on. Um, that like I was ready for his mouth to be stitched shut. Like I, I thought they were going whole ham with it. Um as I said, episode four was kind of like, I didn't like it a whole lot. Um, so a lot of the challenges we've seen have been teams of two. And even very early on, we saw teams of three. But, you know, it was it was cooperative things. It wasn't so much like directly, you know, battling each other. And so episode four immediately makes everybody hostile against each other. Um, so, you know, I, I understood what they were going with that, like, you know, you have to understand everyone's weaknesses and you have to, you know, be able to a- attack anybody. You kind of have to leave friendship behind sometimes, but like, that's not what makes this show good. What makes this show good is like the relationships that are getting built and kind of the camaraderie that everyone is showing. Um, so it was kind of like, eh, this isn't my favorite. Sir Ansgar was being kind of mean a little bit. I don't like to see that. He's a nice person. Um, and then that led to some real dog whistle language, uh, between Christian and Shondo, where, um, Sir Ansgard asked Christian what Shondo's weaknesses are, and he said his mind, his mind is weak because he is over-aggressive, and it's like, as far as, as, you know, black men being called out for being aggressive through history, that is like a really... Just, I, I don't think Christian meant it the way that it sounded, but, like, that natural bias, is, you know, you don't have to have intention there for it to be kind of gross. Um, and it, it's just how it played out. Like, I don't I don't blame the show, but it was just, like, it, it felt icky. It felt icky in this challenge where I was already, like, not super excited for everyone to come together in this kind of way. I also just didn't agree with it. Like, Shondo, yeah. while, like, he's enthusiastic... But in my opinion, I've never seen him on the show to this point act in any way over aggressive. No. And no. like MMA fighters, like they do have to be really disciplined and stuff. So like I just didn't agree with it. And then like I didn't even pick up on the the stuff you're laying down too, but I can totally see why that would make you uncomfortable. Yeah. It, all of that sits there and 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 you know again it's brought up uh in the next episode i think where andrew's like yeah i thought me and shonda were really gonna butt heads i felt like that was probably more of like a masculinity thing than a a race thing 
Um, but and it showed like he's like, yeah, like Shonda was just like, you know, helping me out and we were working well together. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> he's I been love, doing that the entire season. I love their bromance slowly forming, though. Yes. With Christian, with Christian uh, kind of abandoning Andrew, Shondo and Andrew can become bros now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did notice. And I honestly don't know if this was a matter of like. uh strategic editing or if this was really how it read to everyone like all the paladins at the time but uh christian seems to have said a lot of things yeah in in this group of episodes uh like he he also claimed that uh he picked his team for the um battering ram challenge so that they would lose on purpose because all of his allies were on the other team and they wouldn't vote to send him home. And, like, of course, I believe he actually said that, obviously, because we, we see he, him say he, they show him say it, like, with a fair amount of context. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does seem like he was kind of running his mouth a little bit at that point. I don't know if he was the only one doing that or I don't know if they just made it look in editing like he was the only one doing that. But... Yeah. Uh, I, if I may, I imagine mm-hmm. that, yeah, while well, he probably said some less than happy things, uh, even in the last episode, Jim said that uh, he said some things um, behind the scenes that totally could have been used against his character. Um, yeah. I, I've been lucky enough to speak with uh, Bonnie before. I met her at a convention, uh, I believe a year or two ago, and I've met Christian himself and uh, chatted with them. And even, especially after hearing Jim's own accounts of it, I definitely think that there is a bit more shoddy editing in play than uh, was given credit for. Um, not, not just because uh, Christian said some things they made it to camera, but also because they make all of the other paladins shine, while they definitely peg Christian as the one, as like the only person who could possibly have any ulterior motives wants to win the game. You know, I definitely I feel think, like they pin it against him. Well, I, I think what happens is he's the only Slytherin in a group full of Hufflepuffs, Gryffindors, and Ravenclaws. Very true. And there's like, Ooh. there's like three Ravenclaws, three Hufflepuffs, four Gryffindors, and he's the one Slytherin. And, uh, like his strategy with like, Oh, I'm going to pick a team of everyone I'm not allied with. That way, if we do lose, my allies are safe, and they're also all going to vote to keep me. That sort of thinking would win him Survivor. But because yeah. this is the quest, it didn't that sort of out. thinking is like, when it got out, everyone was like, oh, well, screw that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's not how the one true hero should act. And like, you know, I don't, you know, sure, you want the one true hero to be like a really righteous person, but you know that's sort of really pragmatic and practical. And like, you know, it's Boston Rob from Survivor clever. would be taking his hat off to him, but because it's the quest, it's way more frowned upon. Yeah, Looked I at will it in a say, I will say that uh, regardless of his, his intentions, uh, Christian's big fault probably was uh, not reading the room. Like yeah. he 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 did not get 
the the type of gameplay that would keep him in good with yeah. these people and he didn't yeah. play that strategy he played a different kind of strategy he, he, he played survivor on the quest and yeah. it didn't it didn't work out for him absolutely right. um, but to speak more to like the editing of it like i think that since this was like a new show and a new concept they were trying to apply some very old very tropey reality show standards to it mm-hmm. um and so you know you need a villain whether it's bachelor whether it's uh survivor you need like a heel you need someone who like can you know work against the team mm-hmm. um and it definitely seemed like they were positioning christian as that and i think they i don't think you need that in this kind of show like and, and i think that they're starting to realize that because nobody seems to be up to take his place um mm-hmm. and i just think that they found out a little too late for Christian's sake. Like they, you don't, you don't need that. Everyone's working together. That's the, the whole problem with episode four is like, I like this show when everyone is working together to accomplish the same goal to find the one true hero and having like, you know, call it a Slytherin thing. But I just think that they, they played somebody up as a villain and it just didn't, when it, it was didn't work and it didn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah, it was completely unnecessary. And if I can, I'd like to speak because uh, from your synopsis of it, it actually made me realize something, uh, Ronnie. Um, episode four, I-, I liked it. I'm, I will admit, I'm total trash for get in the pit and fight each other. You know, that sort of <laughs> battle dome, high intensity, high adrenaline sort of situation. But from what you pointed out, it doesn't make much sense in the sort of concept of the episode because at the very beginning they say all right pick out each other's weaknesses you know but that's not going to be strength for everyone that's you know like sometimes that'll be oh maybe this person's not so particularly clever they can do puzzle games or something like that you know they don't have the mindset for it maybe they have some other sort of weakness but the only challenge that they presented for this or rather for the main challenge of the episode it was purely physical so instead of Mm. pursuing uh a varied source of weaknesses all they did was say uh some of you are kind of different but we're all going to throw you in a pit anyway so i kind of disagree yeah they could have set it up better. Like, like I, you know, I don't expect them to choose, like, a different challenge for every single person and every oh, single weakness. Not. But, like, you just, like, set it, like, don't position that as, like, the theme of the episode of, like, finding each other's weaknesses. Like, it just didn't didn't mesh well. Nope. Can, uh, we should move on to... Yeah, we've been negative we for got, way too long. <laughs> we got in the weeds a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we got a little, we little were... picky about some things. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Uh, look, Andy? Yeah. What uh? What about this episode really worked for you? What are these three episodes? All three of them, not just that, just not just one. Yeah, why don't you all do three? all of them? Uh, so much, so much worked for me. I really did like Battle Dome. Um, there's just something about throwing everyone in a pit and making them fight. Uh, I agree with <laughs> Sam. I, I, I I'm here for that. Yeah, um, I, I see both sides of that too. But uh, like. I don't know, like, they had all those extras there cheering for them and shit, and, like, I would have eaten that up. I would have loved that. just looked fun. Uh, With Under Siege, Ansgar fighting the ogre. There's a moment where after he's beaten the ogre, the sun, like, catches his, his face, and he looks back up at the paladins, and you can just tell, like, he's loving life. 
and he looks so handsome. Oh, oh man. man. <laughs> oh, man. I was and, waiting for you to say that. Oh. Ansgar post-Ogre fight is top Ansgar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like peak Ansgar. You're not getting much better than that. Oh, I love man. that Bonnie wrote him a song and they turned it into a drinking song. That is like <laughs> the best thing ever. I want someone to make a drinking song for my LARP character. Like, that was amazing. Riza was working on one. Was she really? Yeah. Oh, I want to hear that. <laughs> Riza, if you're listening, finish Kate Tanwin's drinking song. It's more about the <laughs> whole out. crew. But... Oh, finish the Night Harrier's drinking song. Please. The whole thing with the bombs. I just really like the concept of a magic bomb. Like, whether it be Saruman in the Two Towers or, uh, you know, stuff in, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. The idea of, like, magic and bomb is good shit, and I thought that was clever. Uh, And I really liked the use of um, what was clearly, like, a drone camera for the challenge and the hawk masks. I thought that was interesting. And uh, I I was here for that. Also, all the Fates challenges, I thought, were really great. Even, like, the Cage one, as intense and brutal and uncomfortable as it was to watch, seeing, like, Patrick cut up his his face doing it, and, like, I like that he was willing to do whatever it took to beat Christian. Uh, <laughs> dis- despite me, like, saying, like, yeah, like, Christian got the unfair edit, and, uh, you know, I don't want to blame him for being a Slytherin. Um, it was still pretty great to see Patrick be like, no, I gotta beat that dude and like, push him <laughs> down a little bit. Yeah. Also, holy shit, Verlox is attacking. What a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, man, that's true. What a cliffhanger. That that gets you a little bit tense. That, uh, yeah, that was a little bit uh, scary as hell. Why don't you go next, Sam? What, uh, what were your favorite moments from, from oh, these episodes? God. You sort of mentioned some of my favorites. Um, like I said, uh, I really do like Battle Dome for the same reasons. Um, I thought it was super, super fun uh, just to finally get an all-out brawl, you know, because most of the things that we've seen, it's like teamwork and working together, and finally we get like that ah, medieval times, you're watching people beat the crap out of each other feel. Um, what was it? Uh I think it was just a super fun episode. And, oh man, seeing a lady come out on top, my heart soared. Like, Yeah, that was rad. It's, you know what, who cares? No, I don't care. I have always wanted to see, like, a female hero come out on top over to, over, uh, two equally strong men. You know, you want, you always want to see that sort of, uh, for someone who is raised female, you always want to see that sort of hero in your life. Like, no, you can overcome this sort of challenge. It seems impossible, but someone has done it. Someone very real and very human has done it. And it was one of the most satisfying moments uh, I've seen in the quest, at least on a personal level. Um, I think from uh, episode five... Man, you already touched on Ansgar, but whew, right? Whew, that man gives me the vapors, for real. Uh, that stressed me out a little bit in the best way possible. 
Um, I thought it was going to be a death scene the first time I watched it. I was like, they're going to fail to put this together and Ansgar's going to die because of it. Oh, don't even say that. Give the paladins pain. Do not say that to me. I would cry. I know, but that's what I thought was going to happen. And then he beat that thing down. It's it's glorious. I I can't even speak to how absolutely wonderful that was. And yeah, Ansgar's the general, but like uh, in this in these in this sequence of episodes, and especially in that fight, you get to see him go all out. Like, yeah, he's a general; he commands all these guys, but you get to see him personally fight. And I think it's really satisfying that they paint him up as you know someone super important, and then he comes through with it also. Like, he's got the skills to back it up. Yeah, he's not um, just leading from the back. Exactly. It, it's really wonderful to see that sort of general figure. Um, not only that, but like you said, with that entire challenge, um, it was sick to see Patrick throw the cage. Uh, it was a movie moment, to be honest. Um, but I think more important than that to me, while it was super awesome, the fact that they were all waiting at the door anxiously for Bonnie to come through because she is so very much, like they said in the episode, the heart of the group. To see them all working together, even when a challenge doesn't require it, like caring for each other and running out to help Bonnie when they hear something go wrong, it's it really makes you believe that they are a family unit rather than having all of these constructed challenges and you know getting the edits of oh yeah i think luna's super cool or blah 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 you know you get to see them act on that and i think it's super super heartening and just a wonderful moment um despite how unfortunate it was and how stressful um then can i just say too real quick one of Mm -hmm. the first people to run out there for bonnie was christian Absolutely. Like one of the first people like out that door was Christian. Mm-hmm. So, like, whether good or not dude. they paint him good as, dude. like, yeah. They paint Christian as a character as empty, you know, as, like, obviously He's the just cunning there Slytherin. to win, but, yeah. like, nah, dude's got heart. Yeah, Christian, the person, is so much different. Um, and then for... Oh man, my favorite part of episode six, like while I love like all the the role playing, like uh, the challenge, this one was super fun. I really think it was impressive. Not only uh, the drones and everything, I really loved, like we mentioned before, like how they tied in technology and magic in a sort of way that while, while it is kind of silly for the quest, you suspend your disbelief. And when you see them get involved and do it, you pay less attention to it. Uh, not only that, but when uh, the spy orb is floating through the center or, or, of the courtyard and shining through all of the halls and stuff like that, I couldn't tell how they did it at first. Um, it was only after probably my second or third watch through of that episode that I realized that they were using projections. They did not actually have like some sort of drone moving with a light going through the upper halls of the courtyard. And I thought that was super, super impressive and a super smart use of not even high tech, you know? It was just something clever. And uh, with the reactions from everyone, it felt real, realer than it looked once you started paying attention, you know? So I thought that that was really clever and really, really cool. Yeah, the, the use of projections was super neat. A plus practical effects. Mm-hmm. 
Evan, why don't you why don't you uh, regale us with oh, the boy? Oh the, boy, it's the, my turn. The <laughs> best, the best of the best of why these three episodes worked for you. All right, so I know I was I was complaining about the the traitor being super traitory looking, <laughs> um, but also in our first episode, our first ending pending colon the quest episode, um, I compared it to Princess Bride in terms of like. The level of hokiness, but also the level of emotional investment. And um, I think that's especially true of these three episodes because, like, they do, like, lean into the the slight silliness of it. Like, don't get me wrong, like you said, like, the costuming and the makeups and the the prosthetics and the practical effects and all that are real cool but um we're emotionally invested enough in everything that's happening that even when we know it's silly it doesn't really feel that silly like even though your conscious brain is like that that's like that fire orb is is just an led in there you just pushed a button it doesn't matter. You're you're too deep. You don't care that it's silly. So that's something that I feel like really came to a head in these three episodes was like the level of emotional investment. Um and also like I, I gotta I gotta jump on the the battle dome train. I really like the <laughs> battle dome thing. I I did. I, I would I would love to get dropped in a pit and go at some dudes. I wouldn't stand a chance, but it'd be awesome. So. <laughs> right? You want the satisfaction of going into fighting and beating yeah. the crap out of people. Like yeah. they, as Theoden's putting on his armor and he's like, if this is the end, let it be such an end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please. Uh, Evan, Evan, I'll just find you at LARP and I'll beat the crap out of you. Just come on, fight me. I'm going to embarrass myself. We can't have people watching, but. (laughs) (laughs) Someday, someday. I have regrets. (laughs) (laughs) As as a person, like I've mentioned before, uh, I'm really invested in characters and in character-driven narrative and in personal development. And so these episodes in particular were very meaty for me in terms of stuff to get excited about. I love, I love seeing everybody reach a new level of their potential and explore new avenues of their character. Yeah, really even if some of grow. even if some of the roleplay halted a little bit, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't blame them. Like being an improv actor is a paid gig for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's time for Ronnie time. It's Ronnie time. Ronnie time's gonna be quick. Um, y'all, y'all hit on like everything uh, really, really well. Um, Bonnie's great. She's awesome. What a sweetie. Bonnie's I love Bonnie. Amazing. I had this moment that I kind of want to make into a web comic during the. I guess it's the second. Yeah, the second Fates challenge. Um, after that, after people are, are voting and there's three people up for um, banishment. She talks about how she takes off her her pin, her badge um, that was awarded to her, and that she knew that Patrick would be behind her. 
And so as soon as she turned around, she was just going to, you know, force the, the badge into into Patrick's hands so that he could, you know, continue the quest with her, you know, a piece of her. Um, and, you know, she doesn't get banished. So I have this, like, vision of her just, like, turning around real quick, being ready to put it in her hand, realizing she wasn't banished, and then kind of pulling it back. Aww. And Patrick going, like, what's that? And her being like, oh, nothing, with, like, a big beaming smile. Um, it was just like, uh, uh, that might not be how it went, but that's exactly how it went. That is my head cannon. <laughs> in like, your Bonnie, head. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like quietly, like blushing and holding onto her, her badge and, and continuing the quest. It was just like that moment that, that, like that made episode five for me. Like their, the, the... their friendship is so great because it's like a barbarian and a bard mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's just so solid. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, her song gave me chills. Like it was fantastic. She's 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 killing it. I'm very a plus job casting directors for Seriously. sure, for sure. And that's like, you know, Sam, like you said, like this show is very geared towards um, the physical attributes, kind of carrying you through. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know it's clear in the show and she continues to, to talk about the fact that like, if it comes up to like a physical battle, she's at a disadvantage and she just continues to just like crush it and yeah, continues to, to carry herself through despite that. And, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. The only other thing I had was that the uh, sword challenge at the end with like, you had to get the beam through the swords. I thought was like a really fantastic puzzle. And also, isn't it from the Odyssey? Isn't that like a thing that like Odysseus had to like shoot an arrow through like the hilt of a bunch of swords or axes or something? I um, don't know. Sure. If, yeah. if it's not from Nobody's the Odyssey. Nobody's read the Odyssey. <laughs> well, <laughs> we all just spark noted it. <laughs> this is even worse. If it's not in the Odyssey, it's definitely in the Wishbone version of the Odyssey because that's where I remember it from. <laughs> you I also did not read the Odyssey. I just watched Wishbone. <laughs> You know, we'll take it out of we'll take it out of context. Out of context, that's fine. Exactly. Wishbone <laughs> is, is the most accurate way of getting your uh, high literature. Of course, come on, that's too funny. Well, that's really yeah. curious. It's it would be cool to see, or if someone could connect the dots, if they took challenges from classic literature or something that maybe we didn't detect, or that Possibly. would have been super cool, but. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I feel like now. if they had done that, somebody would have pointed that out by now. Absolutely, <laughs> there's enough fans that we that we are in touch with now that I maybe maybe we're those people now. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> pressure's on, guys. We're the people. Oh my god, we're the people in those English classes where like the teacher says the curtain is red and it means X Y Z, and we're like, oh my god, I see it now. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Except the teacher is like, the curtain is red. And I'm like, oh, I saw that on Wishbone. So it's like, we're, we're not the best representatives for this uh, this newfound culture. Probably not. So what were we going to say before, Ronnie? I was just going to, I was going to wrap up that, that segment. And, uh, and I, and I think that this, this portion will be pretty quick. Um, Sam. Yes, indeed. Is it working? Oh, absolutely. It's working. Uh, with everything that they've got going for them, the fun challenges, the competitive element finally starting to kick up, even though you still have that teamwork sort of mentality, and especially all of the heart and the 
the immersive role play that's going on. It's absolutely working for them. Andy. Yeah. Is it working? As an entire show, episodes one through six, absolutely yes, the show is working. Evan. Yeah. Is it working? Totally is. Absolutely. 110% would continue watching. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Is the quest as a whole working? It is. Um, during the the uh, hawk, the Hawkeye, we'll call it the Hawkeye challenge, <laughs> um, after everyone has like accomplished the goal and gotten the bombs back, everyone is just coated in a thick, thick layer of glistening sweat. And it's like, <laughs> man, everybody in this show is just going all out for this show. They are so invested. And that's what's making it. Like, it, it's all on the people they chose. Like, the improv can be fantastic. The, the the props can be great. The costumes and monsters can be, like, superb. But if you don't have a, a cast of, of people that are really buying into it, then the show is nothing. And they did a great job finding the right people for this. So that that's our episode. Sam, thank you so much for being on with us. Before we do that, uh, yeah. Ronnie, can we do a bit and plug the LARPs we're in? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I was just going to ask Sam if he had anything to plug. This oh, is our one things. great opportunity, seeing as we're covering a LARP TV show. Uh, <laughs> True. To just talk about LARP real quick, real quick. So as we mentioned, uh, Sam, Evan, and I uh, are LARPers, and we're going to take a second and say if you like what you see in the quest, there's a good chance you would really enjoy getting to do that for real at a real live LARP, and we're just going to mention the ones we're a part of real quick. So Sam, uh, start us off. What, what, what LARP do you go to? So my one and only LARP as of right now is Night Realms. Uh, it's located in Sparta, New Jersey, uh, on the border of Lafayette. Um, it's uh, more high fantasy, got a lot of elves, magic, all the traditional uh, kind of fantasy tropes. But it is even more so than a fantastic LARP. It's one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. Uh, it's responsible for the friends that I'm talking to right now. It's responsible for my absolutely fantastic pirate outfit, which if you ever decide to come to Night Realms, look for the hat with the feathers. You'll find me pretty quick. Um, and it's responsible for a lot of emotional growth I've had as a person. And more so than just having fun beating the crap out of people with foam weapons and uh, yelling at people in the woods at five in the morning, it's one of the best places to be. Um, and I fully endorse checking out Night Realms if you'd like to do some of what you've seen on the quest uh, with the same sort of medieval fantasy uh, kind of texture and flavor to it. Uh, James, the director, is a good dude and uh, a good friend. And I just want to say that Myra does amazing job on monsters and oh makeup my and God. stuff. And so cool. Really, really high quality stuff that her and her team pump out. So, yeah, it's a solid LARP. Mm-hmm. Evan, what do you want to talk about? Oh, so I'm going to be beating the same old drum. We've been trying to push uh, <laughs> Lost Colonies on people uh, for like the last couple couple months at least, but um, Andy and I are actually part of the uh, staff of a new LARP called Lost Colonies, 
and it's a unique sort of hybrid fusion thing of like an exploration LARP, uh, like roughly loosely inspired by like colonial America, but with fantasy elements folded in. So we've got like orcs in tricorn hats and stuff like that. <laughs> it's certainly unique. Yeah, it's it's a really cool concept. It's uh, completely set in a fictional made up fantasy world. So it's it's avoiding any of the kind of negative things you might associate with the colonization of other countries, which is really terrible in actual history. But it's uh, an exploration themed LARP. Uh, it's very it's very supportive and inclusive and it strives to be like very very friendly to players of all levels and abilities and interests and uh, we have a lot of confidence in the people running it so it's going to be an excellent time that's being held in uh prince william forest park in virginia um the first event is in september gonna be cool you should be there we'll be there we'll roll out the red carpet for you the directors there, Joan and Rebecca, are amazing, and it's definitely the most inclusive LARP that I've ever looked at or been a part of or been to, and I'm really stoked to be a part of it. And then the LARP, I'm going to plug real quick. I haven't been to it yet because their first event is coming up this weekend, uh, Old Republic, uh, The Forgotten Empire. It's a Star Wars-themed LARP, and the way they got around the licensing issue is that it's all for charity. So not only is it uh, going to be like a really freaking awesome uh, KOTOR-inspired LARP, but it's for a good cause. And all of the people making costumes and stuff that I've been following the post for, it looks really freaking cool. Uh, my friend Bill is doing like freaking rad trooper armor, and our buddy Dustin is doing Mandalorian, and it just looks awesome, I know. Our friend Alice is going to have like a Night Sister coven. So it just looks really cool to see all these really creative people doing Star Wars LARP. And I definitely want to get there and be a part of it. Uh, and, you know, hashtag uh, Lothwolf Squad. We're going to tear it up. <laughs> Nerds. These are all some really exciting options. Like, I, I'm like the different, you know. Pers uh, environments that are presented here it's just like it gives somebody so much variety and so much uh, so much to choose from so if you've you've been interested in like trying out a LARP after watching the quest looks like there's lots of great options provided that you live on the east coast I guess when when <laughs> sure. LARP when LARP is at its best I think it's a lot like what you see positively in the quest is that it's people coming together to bring out the best in each other and to accomplish a unified goal and uh, I really love when LARP can be positive and do that. And so if you want to go on an adventure like Bilbo and getting drug out of your comfortable hobbit hole, uh, check out one of these three LARPs that we just mentioned. And uh, I'd love to see you there and maybe fight with you or fight alongside you. Or fight against you. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Either way. Either, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll make it happen. Sam, how can people find you if they wanna if they wanna contact you and 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 follow all the cool things that you're doing? Uh, I am on Twitter, although I can't remember my handle right now. Um, I'll throw <laughs> it up there at a later date, probably, maybe. Um, but I'm also on Facebook. Uh, you can find me at Sam Pullen, and I also have uh, an art page. Uh, 
on Facebook where I post all of my uh, commissions work and stuff like that. Uh, so you can check out all my little pieces of art if you'd like to. Mostly dorky stuff. But um, you can find me at Pirate, P-I-R-A-R-T-E, or at Sam Pirate. Before we close off on this, I'd like to personally uh, give a shout out to the Quest Army. I know that they've been a super big help to you guys this entire time and that you guys have been talking to them before, but um, back when I was more active in it, the Quest Army was probably the closest that I had to the positive community I now have in work. And I just want to throw a huge, huge, huge thank you and uh, I love you to everyone that's out there in the Quest Army that's been listening and helping out these guys during the past couple of days. Um, uh, you guys are awesome. Quest on, guys. Seriously. Hey, Quest Army, if you still want to send us a recording, uh, this is going to be like the last week to do it. So make sure you get that into us so we can use it on our next episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, send us in recordings of, of what this show means to you. And also, a uh, part of our, our episode four format, our finale, is that we pitch season two. So if you have any crazy ideas for... Uh, for season two of The Quest, send them our way and we'll, we might be featured in our final episode. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. You can find us on Facebook at PendingPod. Uh, uh, you can send us an email uh, at PendingPod at gmail.com. And on iTunes, please send us some iTunes reviews. It's been a long, long time and I don't want to unleash Andy on you people. Uh, I'll get very grumpy. Oh no! And I think he's, he's just too opinions. tired lately to get too grumpy. But he he could get grumpy if he like worked up the will enough to do it. Nobody wants that to happen. Trust me. Nobody. <laughs> Sam, do you want to say it? All right, everyone. This has been ending pending, and they're never doing Firefly. Get over it, God. <laughs> <laughs> you did so good, Sam. Well Yay. done. Very look good, at me. Look good. at me.